Hello and welcome everyone to episode 52 of the Pursuit of Love podcast. Got Steve to my left on the screen, but probably in your left or right earbud. Steve, how's it going? What is up? I'm good. We are back. We're back. We are back. Uh, And we have uh, a shout out to Matt Gall, our producer. He won't be joining us this week. We send him him, uh, our love and prayers and thoughts. Uh, We're with you, Matt. Um, And Matt will hopefully be joining us for the next episode. So if you're noticing Matt's if you know, here's this, Steve, if you're noticing Matt's little comments about how something won't work while you and me are charging forward, that's why Matt's missing. But he'll be back <laughs> next week. Uh, Galen Gourmet, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. For those that don't know Galen, Galen uh, is uh, in business with Jared Robin, who was episode 51 last week. Uh, we were going to bring them on as a package deal. And then we thought, no, I would, I would, rather, I would rather have these two in the hot seat individually. Um, because I think they are two very deeply interesting people that deserve their own podcast episode. Galem, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for this. Uh, really excited to be in the same room as you both. Really admire everything that you're doing and uh, appreciate that I get my own episode as well. Yes. Because I am that person who, uh, growing up you know, in foster care, I had who I would call my sister because we grew up like knowing each other from the time we were babies and we were best friends. And we ended up graduating the same year from high school. Mm-hmm. So of course we had to have combined graduation parties, which I wasn't so keen on. I was like, I kind of want my own thing, you know, like I want people to come and celebrate me, not have to celebrate me and somebody else. So I appreciate being on this podcast. Alone. Yes, we, we, <laughs> we actually have you, we actually have her on next week's episode as well. That's, uh, we were going to bring her onto your episode, but we thought we'd keep it to ourselves. Um, so the uh, the main question we'd love to kick things off with, Galen, uh, is a question that we ask to pretty much every guest that we start with now. And I'm curious, what have you been getting into lately? Yeah, I have been getting into a lot of different things and keeping myself extremely busy, like... Uh, from being an AE for a really fast growing company. So I do that full time during the day. And then at night and any free time I have, it's all about the community that I'm building with Jared uh, for Rev Genius. So it's a lot of conversations with our members. There's a lot of programming dealing with anything from the mentorship program to roundtables to larger webinars to sponsors. I mean, the list goes on and on. So there's a lot of things. That I'm dealing with and then obviously on top of that uh taking care of myself as well you know and and doing the daily things that makes me a better person uh, a better partner a better sister so there, there's a lot of things uh that that's on my plate right now I was having a conversation um with a dear friend of mine Jess um and we went to university together in Melbourne and for those that understand um the humor of shows such as like Seinfeld and Curb Your Enthusiasm. Jess is a massive fan of these things. So you should, you could call her in some respects, a pessimist. Um, we're having this discussion yesterday. She's like, she's like, you know, between like cleaning your clothes and eating, how does anyone get anything else done? Like <laughs> the, the, the taking care of the self takes yeah. up a lot of our time. How people run companies and businesses in between is a very good effort, I believe. And also how this is something I'm trying to unpack and understand, which I'm sure I won't until I get to this point, but how do people have a career and they have a life and they have a family? 
like yeah you know I cannot even imagine at this point adding that to the mix like it's a lot already yes. as it is and then uh, imagining adding something else and another life to take care of 24 7 uh that would be really I mean life would have to look different it would have to be a different lifestyle but I admire everyone out there right now who are doing all of that who's running a business or working for an organization, doing their passions on the side, you know, having a family, so much responsibility to deal with every day. And on top of that, trying to find time for yourself. Mm. Well, Steve, any answers on that one? No, good, <laughs> good team. <laughs> you know, man, I, I, I agree. Like there's some people that are putting in so much across the board and you're just like, yeah. like, hats off to just even doing this week in week out you know yeah forever um it is it is incredible you're definitely one of those i see you outside looking in i'm like you're doing so much at the moment and i was curious you know podcast being the pursuit of love you're very much doing that on all fronts you know you're, you're you've got your side hustle you've got rev genius you've got all this stuff that you're putting together i'm curious to know was now that you're kind of fully in the swing of things, particularly with Rev Genius, have you got to a point where you're like, wow, what have I got myself into? Or is it still very much the, man, this is a crazy, exciting journey and I can't wait to see where this goes? It's, uh, it goes up and down. You know, like some days I'm completely overwhelmed and I don't know what to do with myself and I just want to lay down and cry because I'm so overwhelmed. And other days, like that's what gives me fire. And most of the days, that's what it is. But not to say that it doesn't go up and down because it does, because it is overwhelming. It is frustrating. It's also very exciting and a lot of fun. But uh, most of all, like there's a lot of love across the board. And that's what fuels me to move forward. Hmm. It seems to be there's a lot of... um a lot of purpose behind what you're doing as well. And and I think that's why the community is growing so rapidly. I think people can tell that. Mm. Um, mm. Where does that come from? Where 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 is that a driving force through your life, I suppose, that love that you talk about? It is um, based on where I came from and uh, how I grew up and the people I had around me or the people I did not have around me. So the lack of that the the missing piece and uh you know darcy and i we spoke about this yesterday in another conversation that a lot of it has to do with belonging for me and that's really where my purpose with the community comes in of feeling and knowing that i belong in this group of people and that uh, i can grow with these people and i can open myself up to those individuals and to this community and so many others out there. So it's not just like, this is my community that I co-founded with Jared, but there are also other communities out there that I'm a part of, that I'm an active member in, that fuels me in different ways, mm -hmm. that gives me a different sense of belonging, right? Like uh, to give an example, last week on Friday, uh, the brother and sisterhood of sales got together and we do this every so often. And it's so just refreshing to be in a Zoom room at this point, still virtual, but just seeing the reflection of yourself in a room. It's really refreshing and it's very different from what I'm used to. Uh, and that, that gives me energy as well. And that gives me the love and that gives me that piece of I do belong here also. And I do belong in many other groups as well.
That's beautiful. I saw a photo of that uh, Zoom room on LinkedIn popped up. And, yeah. uh, and Steve, I'll give you one guess who was smiling the smiling the biggest with his mouth the widest open. That's our man, Larry. <laughs> Larry Long yes. Jr. What a legend. We've got to get <laughs> him on this podcast. That guy's one of a kind. Absolutely. Man. His energy is ridiculous. Anytime, <laughs> always smiling. He's the best. Shout out yeah. to you, Larry. If you listen yeah. to man. We need to get Larry on for an episode too. So that would be... That's a good idea, actually. We do. We do. Uh, Gail, speaking of that, actually, the sort of social media feeds, I saw a really uh, interesting video pop up. I believe it was on LinkedIn um, mm. of like a, a video from you years ago when you first landed. Was it in New York or Boston? You were on the bus. Oh, yes. What was, yeah. what was the story to that? What was the context to that? Because I'm guessing it actually gives us a bit of a magnifying glass into your history and how you've gotten to where you are today. Yeah, so... That one popped up on my Facebook. You know how you have like memories from whatever last week, a couple of years ago. So that popped up and I'm not big on Facebook anymore, but I check it, you know, at least once a day. So I always go to check on my memories because it gives me this uh, moment of flashback and insight into where I was and where I am now and and reflecting on that. So on that particular day, uh, I checked my Facebook, saw that video pop up and that was from 10 years ago when I had just arrived coming from Sweden to New York. And the whole purpose and mission behind that was to to go from Sweden to US to be an au pair. So like an in-house nanny taking care of two kids. Mm. Before I got to the host family, we had to spend like a week in New York for training. So like an au pair training program with bunch of other people across the globe. We came together as a cohort, got to New York, uh, did the training for a week together and then was going to our different families in different parts of the country. So that video that you saw was 10 years ago when I had just for the first time ever arrived in New York, in the U.S. That was my first trip to the U.S. Mm. And uh, we got into the city and we got on this bus and we were just taken on a little tour of seeing the city. And we recorded my friend uh, recorded that video of me sitting on the bus and the whole sightseeing. And when I saw that video again, I haven't seen it in like 10 years, you know? So when I saw that again, I just got filled with emotions and I was sitting on this couch. Actually, uh, I normally don't even sit on my couch, but I thought I was going to join Steve today because I've seen this before. <laughs> <laughs> I like the vibe of doing this on a, on a couch. So uh, I was sitting on this couch watching that video and just felt the emotions bubbling up inside of me. And it, it went all over the place. It went from, oh my God, I can't believe it's been 10 years already to, wow, so much that happened in those 10 years. Let me think about and reflect a little bit more on those things and what that means to me. So that's, and I sat here looking at the video like twice. Um, and then I just decided to share it because why not? People might be inspired or intrigued by that story and seeing what happened between all of those 10 years and thinking back about that journey was uh, incredibly incredibly uh, motivating and inspiring to myself because mm-hmm. I can't even it's like you see yourself from the outside looking in at this point and and kind of seeing the journey of what happened throughout that time and what mm-hmm. did I go through and all the adversity that happened, you know, I got through a divorce, I got through being sober, my foster mom passed away, 
Uh, I started college being the first in my family to do that. Like there were so many big life moments that happened in 10 years. So that's what I was thinking about. And so when you're looking at the younger version of you in that video, were you with the partner that you would eventually divorce from or you hadn't met him yet or? I had not met him yet. I I had to go through Uh, at least one heartbreak before I met him. (laughs) Okay. But uh, interestingly enough, and there's there's a theme here when I think back about it, that video from the bus, right? That was the first day in New York. And then you fast forward like two or three years from that moment. So two, three years into my journey, I, with the same girl who I was friends with, I'm still friends with her uh, from Sweden. She was ending her up career. So I guess it was the second year because she had extended. So you do a full year with the family and then you can extend it for another year. So she did the extension. And going into the second year, uh, we had our last weekend together and we decided to go to New York. So we went, we got on a bus, we got to New York. She was living in New Hampshire at the time. I was living in Massachusetts. We got on a bus, we got to New York. On our way back from that weekend, we were literally there for 24 hours. We went there to party for, for a night and then we took the bus back home early in the morning. This was the time when I was still drinking, obviously. So yeah. We did that, got back on the bus at six or seven in the morning. Uh, and on the bus, that's when I met the guy who I then, like two years later, married. So I met him on a bus back from New York to Boston. And that's where I made that connection. And then, you know, a couple of, we dated for, uh, you know, four years and then got married. And then, uh, unfortunately, got a divorce, you know, and that's when that ended. And then I met somebody else who I'm now engaged to a couple of years later. So that's been kind of the journey. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. So watch out for buses. Seems like significant (laughs) life events happen in buses here. So like just maybe chill on the buses for a bit. Maybe like it's too much going on. Well, I no longer... I no longer take any buses. Uh, I started driving (laughs) in the US and now, well, now it's train because I live in London. So I take the train. Yes. And, and I've been curious, you said your, your current uh, fiance obviously is back in Boston. Is mm-hmm. that right? Is that due to COVID restrictions, not being able to see each other or how did that sort of come about? Yeah. So there are a couple of things there and there's a lot to unpack, but to make this story a little bit shorter, because otherwise the whole episode could be about U.S. <laughs> gotcha. immigration. And I don't think that's going to be an interesting episode for people to listen to, but um I'm not a citizen of the US, obviously. So I've been going through a couple of different visas. Uh, then I got married and then I got divorced. So that complicated my journey into the visa process. Mm. Uh, so when I had finally graduated from college back in end of 2018, I was at a point in my life of like, what do I do next? And where, what career do I want to go into? Where do I want to do that? So thinking about that and then also where do I want to have my future? Like now I'm at the point where graduating from college, I'm turning 29 at that point. uh, And I'm thinking about my future. Like, where is it that I want to have a family at some point? Because I do see that in the future. Where do I, like, I have now lived in the U.S. for nine years, been away from my siblings and my family and felt like that's something that I want to have. I want to be able to see them more often because I'm very close with all of my siblings. So keeping that in mind and then also thinking, where in the world would I want to live? If I can't live in the U.S., where would I want to live? Don't want to move back to Sweden. So what are my other options? And one of the options, we're going to London. 
So I thought, well, let's do that. And then Brexit was happening as well. And so there were a bunch of things coming into once. And I thought, well, I need to make a decision at some point. What do I want to do? What do we want to do as a couple? And it so happened that, well, I think London is probably the best option at this point because it's not too far from my family in Sweden. Uh, it is also what I put into consideration, the language. Where do I want to move? Like, do I want to have to learn another language or not? Uh, just been speaking English for nine years and that worked out pretty well. So I thought, well, let's go to let's go to UK, you know. Wow. It's incredible. And then, like it, it's strange when you when when you when you chat with people like yourself, it makes you realize like that there's different types of people in the world and the whole adventurous type soul that you are like it might seem super normal to you is like completely foreign and crazy to others you know the idea of like mm. oh well i spoke english f for nine years and do i want to learn another language or not you know like mm. it's just it's it's <laughs> most people i think you know uh grow up or are born somewhere don't move too far from where they live maybe that's an australian thing because we're in this big island away from pretty much nowhere else but it's just like it's it's weird uh, sometimes you got to remind yourself of like it's a big world out there and some people choose to just adventure and go you know let's go here let's move here let's migrate there you know it's mm. it's it's incredible what i think it is too and i agree with you like and i actually i don't consider myself that kind of person who is adventurous or spontaneous i don't i'm not However, I think the difference between maybe me and other people is the background that we come from. Like, mm -hmm. I've always had this opportunity because of how I grew up. And I mean, I grew up with my biological parents for almost nine years, but then I was in foster care for the rest of the years until I was 18. So between all of that, I've never had parents telling me, oh, this is the direction you need to go into. This is what you need mm. to do next. Here's where you cannot go. Like I've never had those restrictions. So it's always been easy for me to just make my decisions based on what I want and where I want to go and what I want to accomplish and not have to consider somebody else's thoughts around that. So I think mm. that's probably why some people stay in their bubbles and don't go outside of that because they might have that restriction upon themselves to not mm. explore in that way or not feel empowered enough to do it. Because I can imagine as a parent, I don't even know yet, but I can imagine they have this sense of, I need to protect this person. Mm. And therefore I'm not going to encourage you to do whatever you feel like mm. you want to do. Mm. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah, that'd be a balancing act for your entire life. Again, uh, mm. what, um, what would you suggest is the is the driving force behind you uh, doing the exploration that you have? I know you don't consider yourself, you know, overly adventurous and explorative, but what do you think is the driving force behind the the adventuring that you have done? The driving force behind the exploration I've done, I think it's uh, curiosity. It's, I've always been curious about like what else is out there. And I remember vividly when I made a decision to move from Sweden to, to Boston. I remember um, the best friend of a guy I was dating and I broke up with this guy because I was moving. I said this, mm. you know, we're in a different places in our lives. You clearly want to settle down at the age of like 
20 and I was like, nope, that's not happening. I have so much more to do. This is not it. I can't stay in this little bubble that we're in. And I remember his best friend, uh, he said, Gala, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Why are you moving? And I, and I was, I didn't get it. I was like, what do you mean? Like, how do you know that it's not greener mm-hmm. on the other side like what do you know like you've never been there you don't know the places that I might go when I do this like so I remember the curiosity and just the idea of I don't know what's gonna happen but let's let's see how it goes and I always mm-hmm. thought I mean I moved there with one suitcase and the intention was to stay for one year that was really the goal but then I, I was just open-minded of like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know the places I'm going to see or the people I'm going to meet. So let's see what happens. And next thing you know, almost a year went by and I said, I definitely want to stay here. So how can I make that happen? Mm. There you go. And so was there ever uh, moments throughout your, well, let's say the last uh, shall we say, say 11, 12 years, if that video was 10 years ago, um, just mm-hmm. before that would have been when you were sort of starting to think to move or whatever. Has there ever been parts throughout the journey where you ever wished it were undone? Like, has there been parts where it got so hard or so difficult that you were like, man, I, I think I made the wrong decision here. Or has it always been a matter of, nah, I, I sleep in the bed that I made. This can get tough sometimes, but I'm up for the challenge. Let's just, and you just kept moving forward. Which sort of path did definitely. you go down there? I mean, definitely the latter. Yeah, Definitely. Nice. I don't regret anything uh, that that's happened or the decisions that I've made. And, you know, a person who, as you can see, have tattoos, people have asked me this all the time from the moment I got tattoos. Well, aren't you going to regret that down the line? Like, you don't know where you're going to be in 10 or 20, 30 years. Like, mm-hmm. how do you know you made the right decision of this tattoo? And I know you both can relate to this as well, because yeah. I know mm-hmm. definitely, Darcy, you have tattoos. I don't know, Steve, do you have tattoos? I just got my first one this year, just when I turned 30. I'm like... Oh wow! I'm gonna gonna oh, I can't see it, but gonna get my tattoo, and I got it on my forearm as well. So it's like very prominent, you know, like <laughs> pretty much unless I'm wearing a long sleeve, it's it's visible to the world. Um, yeah, but and yeah, it's a, it so is many a, people it is a come and they're feeling. like, "You're going to regret this." And even like going back now in my story, um, the guy I ended up marrying, I remember coming home one day and I had just gotten this tattoo over here, and it says, "Everything I'm not made me everything I am." And he was like, why would you do that? Like, that is the worst idea ever. Like, why would you do that? You're never going to get a corporate job having that tattoo. People are going to judge you. I was like, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think it's about the tattoo. I don't think it's the placement of it. Um, obviously, you couldn't even see it unless I have told you right now. I mean, there's so many ways to think about this but at the end of the day going back to your question do i regret the the things that have happened or the decisions that i've made absolutely not because if i didn't i wouldn't get to arrive at the next place of making the next decision to arrive to where i am now so i don't regret any of it and a lot of these decisions do you i'm I'm sort of winding this now around to the version of you that we know because we know you more in the professional business sort of space is how we originally starting to get to know each other on a different level now which is awesome but uh originally in business did that did that happen for jumping into a number of projects that you're in you know you said you're an ae you've got rev genius you've got uh, other communities you're a part of is a lot of your strategy a matter of just say yes and figure out how 
that seems to be a theme that is shining through. Is there, is there a lot that you say no to, may I ask? Yes, there is. In the yeah. beginning, no. And I say beginning, yeah. I mean like as in a couple months ago. But then uh, one of my mentors, she told me like, Gillian, you need to evaluate what you're spending your time on. You know, mm-hmm. as exciting and intriguing and interesting things sound, that doesn't mean that you should invest or spend your time on it ever, or maybe just not right now, because you have mm-hmm. so many other things going on. I said, you're absolutely right. And, and prior to that conversation, I felt myself becoming really overwhelmed and, and stressed out and anxious about all these different commitments. And now I'm taking a step back. Like even last night, somebody messaged me and I have people messaging me more frequently now asking, do you want to do this? Do you want to be on that? And I always take a step back and I ask myself, why would I say yes? Mm-hmm. And then I ask them, well, why do you want me on this? Why me? You know, like, and, and I'm not asking them to sell me on what they do, but I'm asking like sincerely, like, why do you think I should be on this? And what value do you think I can bring to whoever is viewing or watching or listening to this? Because if, if that doesn't align with where I want to go and what I think I can bring to the table, or if I'm, I already have a lot going on, then I got to push back. And even now with Rev Genius, we have people coming to us asking for meetings about sponsorships or asking for something about programming. And I always take a step back and ask, does this have to happen right now? What's the urgency? Why are you putting this on my calendar? Why can it not wait? Because just because you want to do it doesn't mean that I can do it. That's a topic I want to dig into further because that's something that's been on my mind a lot recently. I I get myself in panic station every now and then. I'm curious to know if you, you all feel this too. Where I'm like, oh, I got to get this done. I got to do this. I got to do that. Like, I'm not sure if you get those moments where you just like you feel the weight of urgency just like pressed on you. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what what I feel as well. And then I'm finding myself lately observing that feeling and realizing that so much of the urgency is just self induced and placed on me, but by myself. Mm-hmm. When when you step back and look at it, you're like, what? Why, why are we putting so much urgency on things? Because time, you know, Darcy, you mentioned the other day, we're always at the end of time, you know, like mm. you're, it's now, you're always here and then, you know, you think about the future, but you're only ever in a present state, like that's what you're in. Yeah. Why is it, how, like I want to learn from you, Galen, how have you figured out how to do that or are you still on that journey as well where you've, you place unnecessary urgency on things when instead we probably could just let them be and it would be absolutely fine. Where are you on that journey? Do you put unnecessary yeah, so, pressure on yourself with so many projects that you've got or how are you figuring that out? So my answer to this is uh, my personal tagline is urgency in action. That's really what I'm driven by. I, Especially in the last couple of years coming into sales, I'm like, all right, I started late. There's so much for me to learn. There's so much for me to explore. There's so many people for me to meet. Like I felt like I was behind and that's on the business side of things. Then I think about my personal life of, oh my God, like I'm turning 31 next month. I'm not where I want to be. And I had this internal pressure of like, I wanted to be married earlier. I wanted to have kids earlier, you know, like there are things in my life that I wanted to accomplish and all those pressures I had put on myself like nobody else had come to me. I didn't have parents telling me, you need to get married. You need to have kids now. 
I mean, I have an aunt uh, who's like that, who would always come to me when I was like 20 years old of like, when are you going to get married? When are you going to have kids? And then when I saw her last year again, she was like asking the same questions. When are you going to get married? um, And I was like, listen, I am engaged now again. So let's stay calm on that one. I'm not going to have kids yet. Maybe when I'm 30 plus. And she's like, 30 plus? Why? Like, I can find you someone to marry and have kids with. And I'm like, I, no, <laughs> I don't know. No, that. can we please just eat our Christmas lunch in peace this year, please? <laughs> right. Like, please, I'm begging you. Um, but no, I mean, so the urgency and action piece that I go by, that's that's truly how I feel. But I've been able to switch that around of focusing on my internal urgency, what I want to accomplish and align the actions that I'm taking with that instead of letting other people come to me and, and, and create the urgency because that's never been a, a, a good driver for me. If other people are dictating what I should focus on and where mm. my urgency should be placed, I don't think that's mm. fair and that's not how I want to live my life. So I always take a step back now and say, okay, here's, here's an urgent piece that I need to pay attention to. Is that because I wanted to pay attention to it or is that because somebody else told me to pay attention to it? And they created the urgency. There's a difference there for me. Great distinction. Yeah, that's mm. spot on. That's that that actually. Yeah, that's interesting. That helps a lot. That's that seems yeah. to be a common theme, Steve. You and I have spoken about this so often. Is that wealthy, successful people value one thing way more than the money, and that's their time. It's mm-hmm. like you can mm-hmm. you can spend their money. You can even waste their money sometimes, and it can be forgiven. But waste their time, and it's a mm. different story. I was I was at. Uh, I'm starting, I think I'm starting to notice that because I'm starting to see it, uh, say, brew up in myself a little bit. I um, I dislocated my uh, toe playing basketball around about a month and a half ago now, Gail. Mm. Um, Steve knows all about this because he's just heard me complain and suck about it uselessly for the last month and a half. But uh, essentially, I uh, was going up for a layup and landed on top of some guy's foot and my toe dislocated um and it didn't hurt or anything like that it's just it just felt like it, i knew it was off i knew oh, something yeah, right was out right, yeah, it didn't hurt at all or anything it, no, it didn't because just... i think it just went into swelling and shock straight away so i just popped it back in and then all the pain started to induce uh but anyway i went to the gp and he's like yeah we'll give you an x-ray on that one just to make sure you're all sorted um mm-hmm. and i went and got the x-ray that was all clear all good i hadn't broken anything but the next thing i needed to go to was an ultrasound and uh as we were speaking about I think yesterday it was, Galen, my, uh, my dad's a chiropractor. Mm-hmm. So he can read the x-rays. He knows whether anything's going on or anything. He's like, nah, you're all fine there, all sorted. And he's like, but I don't know why they'd be giving you an ultrasound. And I said, oh, well, I don't know. The GP recommended it. He's like, well, the GP's an idiot because you, you're not going to find anything on an ultrasound for any sort of dislocation, especially on a toe. This is a waste of your time. I said, oh, well, he wouldn't mm-hmm. have done it otherwise. He goes, all right, well, go for it if you want. I mean, it's paid for by Medicare, so you're all good. So anyway. Uh, I went to this ultrasound guy. I'm sitting there in the table. He's got like that really cold gel they put on you on the top of your skin and he's rubbing around and all of this. And I'm looking at the screen and I know nothing about reading an ultrasound or an x-ray, but even I could tell there was nothing coming up on that screen. It was just a gray mush on the <laughs> on the screen. I said to the guy, I said, um, I said, mate, just out of curiosity, I hate to be rude. Why are we doing this? What, what, what's like, what are you trying to find here? What's the purpose of this? And he goes, he looks at me and he goes, can I be really honest with you, mate? I said, yeah, go. He goes, I have no idea why you're here. I don't know why you're doing this. I said, well, I was told by the GP. He's like, yeah, 
but this is useless. This is a waste of your time. He goes, you know, he said he followed it up with, can I be like, yeah, just to be straightforward with you, mate, honestly, this is a waste of your time or a waste of my time. I'm kind of just using Mm -hmm. this as like an academic exercise for myself to see if there's anything I can find. And to me, I was like, that is just such a disrespectful waste of someone's time. Not for the guy doing the ultrasound. He was just doing his job. But the GP that recommended it to begin with must have known that people have time that is important to them yes it, you know i don't know maybe he's trying to help but well but if if they don't important. consider their time important then why would they consider somebody else's time important perhaps that's very perhaps that's very true and i think that that's what happens is as you sort of situate yourself in sort of shall we say higher and higher business circles you really mm. start do start to learn how valuable people's time is to them Mm. And yep. I think that, that, as I said, they value their time a whole lot more than they value the money. And people looking from the outside would think it's the other way around. They mm-hmm. would probably think it's, oh, they'll give away all of their time just so they can have more money because they'll look mm. how rich they, you know? So right. it's an interesting discussion. It's an interesting learning I've been having recently. What, mm. um, what, what has shaped your view on time, Galen? Or what has driven that urgency? Because I'm connecting a few dots in my own mind just as we're chatting. I've always been someone that wanted to grow up quickly or at least cram in a lot of life into the shortest amount of time possible. That sort of led me on a journey of, you know, getting married when I was 20 20 and first child when I was 21 and, you know, starting the business at 23 and then writing. That's what drove me to write books and, like, document as much Mm -hmm. of my life as possible. And that was all from the realisation that, I really wanted to meet my grandfathers but never had the opportunity to. And my mum's dad was unfortunately king hit and and killed when my mum was 18. And the story when mum told that story to me when I didn't realise because I didn't inquire about it till much later. But when she told me that story, I was like, man, time can go. Like you can you can be here and then you're not. And then mm-hmm. that that has been a motivating force for me and it has meant that I also have this urgency of like get it done now like move quickly keep going because I just don't know like death has been a driving force like mortality has been a driving force from the story that my mom told me and that's probably where I've got that unnecessary urgency that I place on myself like I'm gonna I'm gonna die so get it done I'm Mm. curious like have you have you thought about that from your own perspective where has that mantra of you know urgency and action come from I'm curious has it been any sort of significant life event like my story that has created that or have you noticed any links yeah there's been uh I think driven by the force that my parents you know they immigrated from Eritrea in East Africa to Sweden before I was born so with that in mind it's been driving me to do a couple of things in my life and to really value and appreciate what they gave up to be for me to be here right and and even the fact that I was able to figure out that education was going to unlock so many opportunities for me which they didn't have the opportunity to do themselves they never get educated Um, that has really been one of my bigger driving forces in life is to take advantage of those opportunities that they created for me. 
And now I'm going to jump ahead in this podcast because I did my research and I know what the questions are going to be coming up. I always <laughs> ten, ask people this. Ten points and I've thought them. about <laughs> it. And I've thought about it for a couple of days. And I couldn't really... I think what happens is you come up with the answers in the moment more than you do in the preparation. I think the preparation creates this uh, just process for you to start digging into it, but you don't really, you don't really arrive anywhere until you have the live conversations and talk about it because everything I thought about leading up to this, is not really what I'm thinking about anymore because I'm in the moment with you both. But I do think that one of the, the driving forces for me connected with my parents story of how I came about is the idea of, of privilege. You know how you talked about um, what is something that you believe in that others might not mm. you know, tr- think is true, that you think is true that others mm. don't believe in. Um, part of that for me has been privilege. You know, mm. People say, well, you can't be privileged because you're a black woman. Like, how, how could you see yourself as being privileged in an area of your life? And I've had conversations uh, with my fiance about this, and he has one way of thinking about it. I have another way to think about it. But at the end of the day, I do see myself as privileged from where I was raised to where I am today and the things I've been able to do that I know others haven't. Like in thinking about my own family, where my parents and how they grew up, they didn't have the privilege of getting an education. Grew up in, in really poor circumstances. And even how I was raised in Sweden and and the way I thought about my life and the way my parents raised me to a certain extent into where I am now, like there's a level of privilege. And then me being the only one so far up until this point to get an education, that's a privilege that I have against all my other siblings. I have four siblings. They haven't got Mm. their education yet. I have one sister who I was able to inspire through my journey to get an education and now she's two weeks into uni here. And that's when an amazing thing to see just unfold. But I do hold that kind of privilege in my family with what I've been going through and then where I am now of the, the education I got to where the job I have and the income that I have, it's different, you know? Mm-hmm. And I see myself as being privileged. And I know other people don't agree with that from, mm-hmm. from this standpoint, but that's something I believe in. That's super interesting. Yeah, I've never considered that. It's 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 almost like the intention that you view the word privilege through mm-hmm. will determine and shape the reality. It sounds like you view the word privilege linked with the word almost opportunity. If we can go back to that little story, mm-hmm. it's almost like you view it as a privilege that you get to do these things. It's almost like you've been like it's an opportunity that you can grab. Is that, am I reading that about right? It's interesting that, yeah, you can view privilege a few different ways. But I think that's that's bang on. That's a super interesting perspective. Hmm. It is such an interesting time in the world right now for obvious reasons with with a lot of global tensions and all of that. And, And I think that's maybe a step that a lot of people could uh, benefit from is deciding because there's all these words in the media there's there's mm. privilege, privilege there's inequality there's uh there's whatever like whatever all the buzzwords are whatever they are and we've all sort of created this collective meaning around it and we do all tend to i think people are starting to share a lot of perspectives on it 
but not a lot of people have taken the time to question what does that word mean for me individually? Mm. What what do mm-hmm. I make of that word? That's a that's a whole different lens to see it through. Not a better or worse lens, just a different one. Yeah. yeah. Love that. Speaking oh, of golden questions. I was about to say, I think it's time. Now, here's the thing. You have answered, you've 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 listened forward. You've cheated. Yeah. It's great. We love we love someone who cheats on the show and finds out the questions early because they get to prepare. But we actually were at the uh, Sales Success Summit. We've got to give a shout out to Scott Ingram. We were at the Sales Success Summit, which was run virtually this year. Many of you who have listened to the podcast for a long time now will have heard us talk about this event in Austin last year. Uh, obviously, we had to run it virtually mm-hmm. this year. We're going next year. We would love any Aussies that want to come over to Austin, Texas next year and, and attend Good the final summit. You're more than welcome. Um, and we actually had one of our dear friends in one of the virtual networking rooms. Shout out to Jack Wilson. He goes, I've got a, I've got a question that should be added to the end of your podcast. So, Galen, you're actually going to be the first one. You, you don't get out of two questions. There always has to be two golden questions. We'll start with the one that you do know, uh, which is, uh, what is something that you have come, and know, come to know and believe to be true, but that you sense yourself starting to let go of? Yes. So thankfully, first of all, uh, shout out to my sister who just went and grabbed my charger because I, I, I was texting her like, please grab my charger. I have 4% <laughs> left. <laughs> um, You're right. I, I, she I would really love is. to know that's there's there's probably a whole episode in uh, sneaky uh, sideline tasks you've got done on a Zoom call without oh, yeah, anybody yeah. realizing. I've I've sent you know oh, yes sir, like so many Anna times. my wife get the dog. Can you bring me a coffee? Like yeah, but <laughs> nobody really knows. So yeah, shout out to you and congratulations. I mean, you've nailed it. You passed. She, she saved me last week too when I did the uh, the hot sauce challenge. I was like get me um get me something to eat this with because i'm not going to pick it up with my fingers and have hot sauce and just kill myself right there and then um but yeah so anyway we're we're good my laptop isn't going to die now so i'm thankful for that um so the question <laughs> was what please remind me again but what is something you have come to know and believe to be true but that yeah. you sense yourself now starting to let go of yes uh right so that was the follow up from the other one that i jumped to so what it is for me is control and coping mechanisms going hand in hand. So it's this concept for me of I've had really bad coping mechanisms for a long time in my life. And I always associated those coping mechanisms as something negative in my life. Like it wasn't a positive add on. It was more a negative thing and it helped me get through certain things in my life. So as I was going through those life events, which I I talked about earlier, I had ways that I thought was going to help me get through them, right? That that ultimately wasn't healthy ways to cope with the situation at hand. So instead of dealing with it up front, I would do things that would kind of mask that experience and not really deal with the emotions and the impacts of it and instead look for other ways to get out of it, right? And then at some point you get caught up in that and now you're like, finally seeing yourself from the outside of saying, this is just not good. This is not healthy. So all those coping mechanisms for me or habits and routines, they were always negative in in my point of view and how I view them. Now, other people might've seen that as not so negative because they have a different way of controlling those things. So the coping mechanisms and the, the aspect of control kind of goes hand in hand 
for me. So something I'm starting to let go of is this idea of controlling everything that comes into my life. Mm. And I've learned to do more of the letting go by focusing on what's going on in my life and how to deal with it. But also when it really kicked off that idea of letting things go was when I decided to get sober. I really have to let go of the idea of clinging into something that I think is going to help me succeed. I was able to get through college. I was able to work. I was able to do all those things, but that was just the coping mechanism of what else was going on in my life. Mm-hmm. I was able to not you know, break down and cry when my foster mom passed away in cancer five years ago. I never allowed myself to do that because I had to push through. And I thought, well, if I can push through, if I can accomplish things and I can check off the boxes, then I'm good. And it doesn't matter how I get through it as long as I can get through it, right? Mm. That's the part of getting over all these challenging moments in life and continue to push through no matter what. But now I'm at a point where I allow myself to feel the feelings. I allow myself to break down if that's what I need to do to push forward and not to mask those feelings with something that isn't healthy and trying to change the narrative around coping mechanisms that and, and, and having habits that acknowledging what they are and, and trying to move it in the direction I want them to go. So like mm. I'm trying to create better habits for myself, not just physically and mentally, but also spiritually and taking care of myself there as well. Mm. Nice. Any that there, Steve? I think it's, that's very well said. I feel up. I feel like there's a lot of you, you're bringing up topics here, Galen. That uh, I'm going to go away and do more reflecting on. Yeah. I know. I was thinking that before. I was like, I want three more episodes here. There's like there's so <laughs> many rabbit holes we could have gone down. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. I love that. What's what's the what's the Jack Wilson special? Yeah, I don't know if you were there for. Or maybe you caught the end of it. Anyway, shout out to Jack and thank you for this question, Galen. You're the first person ever to answer this on the show. What is oh, something man. what is something that you have believed and fully mm. bought into wholeheartedly that you've eventually come to swing back around the other way on? Oh, you know what it is? I didn't think I was going to have an answer to this, but I do. Because uh, I was always that kid in college who hated when my professors were like, Gail, I'm answered this question. I'm like, I don't know. I need some time. <laughs> but um, what it is to me, and I've seen this happening, is I used to think that the traditional way of proposals is that, you know, when you get engaged, is that the man should be asking the woman to get married, right? Like you propose. And that's the traditional way. And I used to be very, I used to believe very strongly in that. And I would say, I would never, ever propose to someone. I would never accept that. Like, I think it's weird. And somebody else said, it, you know, I had that viewpoint mm. a while ago that that was, that's just not natural to me. Like uh, I'm, I'm a very traditional person in that sense. And I'm not sure where really that comes from either, because it, it's not like I was raised to think that way. And the foster um, family I lived with, they had been engaged for 20 years, actually never got married. So I don't even know where all this is coming from <laughs> other sources of influence. But um, one couple of weeks ago, when one of my best friends who lives in California, when she told me that she had proposed to her partner, I like that flipped it on me. I was like, wait, what? And then and I'm like, tell me more. Like, how, how did this happen? Like, how did you come to that conclusion? Like, how do you feel about it? And when she started to tell me, I was like, you know what? This is really dope. 
And <laughs> I support this 100%. I think this is really cool. The fact that you were like, you know what? I really love this person. And instead of just sitting here and waiting for him to come to some kind of conclusion, I mean, you're two in this relationship. So you have the right to, to ask this question just as much as he does. So that that's what it is to me. Nice. I'm still waiting for Steve to propose to me, but we'll get there one day soon. <laughs> Hopefully by episode 100. Traditional <laughs> view on marriage, maybe? I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm already yeah. married? Yeah, I don't well, know we can if work I need on a, that. We can work on that. Husband does. But anyway, look, we, Galen, we, work, we work husbands. Let's put it that that's way. That's it. Work husbands. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Galen, we want to say a massive thank you for having you join us. We've wanted to have you on the show for a little while now. So to be able to dig deeper into your world and find out a bit more about your story has been an absolute pleasure. And I think that it's yeah. going to help a lot of people whose who's journey on the pursuit of their love has involved a lot of, uh, well, let's, let's say adventure, a lot of exploration, a lot of challenge, a lot of up and down, a lot of unexpected uh, along the journey. I know there's a lot of people that are going to resonate with that. So thank you so much. Where can people find out more about Galem and where should they connect with you? Yes. So first of all, thank you for having me. I really appreciate this. It's always a pleasure to talk with both of you and and having this opportunity to share. Um, people can connect with me, of course, on LinkedIn. So Galen Germay there. I'm also on Twitter, which I'm really starting to appreciate the, the life on Twitter. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's an even more close-knit group of people there that I'm connected with. Uh, and then, of course, Rev Genius. You know, visit RevGenius.com, become a member, chat with me on Slack. Uh, I would say if you're trying to reach me and have a one-on-one conversation, I'm really like, I take the price on being the worst person to give back on people on LinkedIn messaging. (laughs) Really like, I'm the worst person. Like I, it can take me (laughs) weeks, if not months until I see a message and then respond. And I feel guilty about it every single day when anyone reaches out and I'm not getting back to them, but I'm much better on Slack. Uh, Also, my phone number is on LinkedIn. So if you want to text me on WhatsApp or iMessage, feel free to do so. Super, like my contact info is out there. So LinkedIn, Twitter, become a member, hit me up on Slack or text me. Ripper, ripper, love it. And for those uh, wanting to jump into Rev Genius, so you've heard Jared's podcast previously, now you've heard Galem's, uh, and we've mentioned it on the Game Plan Weekly a number of times as well, Steve, but for anyone wanting to jump into Rev Genius, go for it. It's a phenomenal community of revenue uh, professionals and the support in that group is is unlike anything else we've come across in, in the social world. So jump on yeah. in. It'd be a pleasure to see you there. And we also have a really exciting thing happening next month on the 13th of November where we are coming together, which I'm psyched about. I can't wait That's it. You to bring the sales game to the community. It's going to be great. Get your hands on the sales game. Yeah. Your, your the sales best, game best, best opportunity right now. Rev Genius. Jumping through the Rev Genius community. So it's a great way to to uh, funnel into the sales game through there if you want to get yeah. your hands on it. Galen, thank you so much. Yeah, and, thank uh, you. And we'll see you. you all next time on episode 53 of the Pursuit of Love podcast.